Hey, everybody. What is up? What is this show? Wait, wait, wait. It's been a couple weeks. I know. This uh, is episode uh, 105 of the Big Planet Comics podcast. It is. What, what, what? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's the Big Planet Comics podcast for uh, people that just need, you know, a little more help. Yeah, we've been out for a few <laughs> weeks. Jared went to Atlanta. Yeah, yep. Jared, what was going on in Hotlanta? You see any Walking Deads? Uh, no, but uh, apparently the people around there said that the people from the show come into their stores and uh, were like, so what's good in comics? And you're like, uh, Walking Dead. <laughs> no, and, the, and they said they're like, Walking Dead. And like, oh, yeah, I know. I've got them all. <laughs> they're like, Glenn, so. you should buy Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, You should guy. buy Walking Dead number 100. <laughs> yeah, don't buy number 100. <laughs> He's like, I have a great job. Um, uh, yeah, so my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. Yeah, we're here. We're doing the thing. We have a bunch of stuff to review this week because it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, send us questions. Nobody sends us any questions. I know. Where are all the questions? I thought, I thought that people liked this show. <laughs> yep. I did, too. Send us some questions. Yep. This is going to be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what have you guys been up to? I went to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah. So, what, so what was going on in Atlanta, Jared? You went to this big Comics Pro meeting. Yep. So, Comics Pro is a group, uh, like, retailer organization that tries to promote uh, comic books as an industry and uh, work together and come up with stuff. So this was an interesting format where they invite a lot of the publishers to come and then they do basically kind of speed dating roundtables where you sit down at a table and you get 10 minutes with every publisher out there. Oh, uh, not to skip ahead to news, but uh, Jared and Dan Diddy are getting married. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but only on Earth 2. Oh. oh, yeah. And then Dan Diddy is going to die. Oh, no, they're going to kill me in a train. Uh, he's, he's like, oh, I wish it was Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> I did sit at a table with Dan Diddy. He's very excited. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they announced these new 3D covers. Is that all? How oh, you spoil my news? No, that's all in the news. We'll get to the news. I will have commentary on that. Well, you know what? Uh, since we're talking about all this stuff, yeah, let's save all the Comics Pro yep. stuff. Uh, what, what, what else has been going on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what's what? going on, Jared? What else did you do? Uh, I went to the world of Coca-Cola, which was amazing. Is that, that what Nebula is? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's all underwater. I saw it on that Futurama documentary. Uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, they had a wall of sodas that Coke has marketed over the years, including one with suspiciously uh, Dan Klaus looking artwork. I saw that. Which is Dan Klaus, who apparently did art for a Coca Cola or a cola product in the nineties. Uh, so it was Dan Klaus, along with Charles Burns. <clears throat> Weird. Yeah. Was it Surge? Black nope. Black Hole Cola. Okay, Cola. No. It was oh. basically there for the slacker generation. Yes, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was the most horrible sellout marketing uh, attempt that's ever. The worst. Yikes. Um, and that's, I, did... I walked around uh, the Olympic Park, which is now just a park. And I went to a local record store called Criminal Records. Criminal Records is, is a great store. So totally I, awesome. I used to live in Alabama. Yep. And we would often go to Atlanta to go see shows at a place called The Masquerade. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would always go by Criminal Records in Little Five Points. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and it's a record and comic book store. Yeah, it was totally awesome. So I met Zeno, who's their uh, comics manager and hip-hop guy, and he was really cool. And that sort is awesome. Oh, Zeno, Lord of the Fifth World, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what Scientology is based on? That store got me into like uh, alternative comics. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I found out about James Kolchaka, <laughs> Spider Man, Spider Man, <laughs> all the alts, Ultimate uh, Spider Man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I uh, had some great barbecue, and I went to Waffle House. Waffle House is great. What'd you get at Waffle House, Jared? Uh, a lot of secondhand smoke, <laughs> smothered and covered. <laughs> Smothered and covered in secondhand smoke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "There's a smoking section." Oh, it's right next to me. Yeah. Uh, you ever go to like an IHOP that has like a smoking section that's like 
like has glass walls around it. Yeah. And is the most disgusting thing yeah. in the entire world. It's great. It's, it's cool. Great. It's fantastic. You're like, give me a Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity and just stick some cigarette butts in there. <laughs> <laughs> just ash right in it, please. Yeah. Or maybe is it Denny's that has the Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity? Uh, yeah. Denny's has Hobbit breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I went there. It was amazing. Yeah. You're like, I want to eat like a Hobbit. <laughs> Again. Five Z's or whatever. Yeah, five Z's. Five Z's. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Is that that uh, iPhone game? <laughs> that's uh, fourth meal, which Taco Bell stole Four from Z's. the Hobbits. Uh, well, that's cool. What about you, Nick? What have you been? What have you been doing? I heard you've been working on Gang War. I've been uh, what? Almost done with issue two. I go away for a week and you almost finish. <laughs> yeah. I got hopefully a little bit of time. Time. <laughs> a little excited there. Next week or two, hopefully. Wow, that's cool. That's pretty sweet. Uh, what else did I do? I watched Wolf of Wall Street. That was pretty good. Oh, I saw that. It was amazing. It was I, really good. I do have a question. Okay, so the lemon scene. Is, yeah, it was great. great. Uh, but, uh, the lemon scene? Did, yeah, you have to watch it. It's pretty funny. But, uh, In Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. You watched it. I've seen it. Oh, the lemons are the names of the of the Quaaludes. The old Quaaludes? Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's expired or whatever. <laughs> yeah. no, that was my, like, I just tell people, I'm like, there's a scene that involves a television, and it's the best part of the movie. Yeah, it's Maybe the good. funniest part, anyway. But did you see Wharf of Starfleet? What? What? <laughs> There's a parody of the Wolf of Wall Street trailer <laughs> that is called Wharf of Starfleet, and nice. it's just all scenes of Wharf from Next Generation, and it's the funniest thing. Uh, I'll show it to you after the podcast. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should just pause the podcast. Should we, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, All right, we're going to pause it right, right now. We're going to watch Wharf of Wall Street. No, or, no. No, but, uh, you no, guys, it, no. No, no. We'll watch it later. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that was good. Yeah, I did that. I've been listening to the Star Wars Minute. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm on minute uh, 20-something. I am on minute 52. Wow. Oh, nice. Uh, hey, shout out to the Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute. You guys are doing good stuff on good there. Stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, they just got to the part where uh, Luke is introduced. Oh, oh wow. I know uh, that guy. Apparently, yeah, so 20 minutes in until yeah. you see Luke. Yeah, well, yeah. it starts out the Corellian freighter being yeah. chased by a got some silly robot destroyer. Fall around. <laughs> it's yeah. like they, they they talk about how like people who haven't seen Star Wars like imagine like what they would be thinking like watching this or like what is this movie about? Just these robots wandering around <laughs> like, in the desert. Well, it's exactly the same as Hidden Fortress, which starts out with the, the uh, bumbling peasants bandages. walking through the desert. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, Star Fortress. Star Wars Minute is cool. Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer. Pete the Retailer. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good stuff. I, I recommend that everybody listen to it. And Jared, yeah. you said you just watched Empire Strikes Back yeah. for the first time. Uh, yesterday. It was, <laughs> it was the first time? Yeah. Do you know at the end of that movie, they find out what Darth Vader's like? Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. No, but no, it was not the first time. Oh, no. Nope. I thought it was the first time. I was like, that's insane. Yeah, but did it feel it. like the first time? Uh, parts it of it, yes. Like the very first time. Yes. Was it the first time you watched the special edition? Uh, I don't think so. I think I saw them all in the theaters, but it felt like the first time I saw it. Because I was like, oh, really? Why did you do this? Let's go around the table. Who's everybody's favorite Star Wars character? Jared. IG. Is my favorite Star Wars character. <laughs> IG-88. Did you know in the uh, cantina scene in the first Star Wars movie, there are mugs shaped like IG-88's head that I people are drinking out of? I did not know that. It's true. Wow. Uh, I like all those CZ series droids. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Wait, what are you talking like about? The cross-eyed droids. What are they oh. called? <laughs> You've been watching too much Star Wars Minute. Or listening to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boy. No, yeah. Uh, I just watch my iPhone while I'm listening to it. Yeah. Uh, what is my favorite Star Wars character? I don't know. I'm not Boba, Boba Fett's an easy go-to. Oh, I thought I thought you were being serious about IG-88. He is cool. awesome, yeah, but well, might be Boba Fett. Stick to your guns, man. <laughs> Chewbacca's pretty sweet. Yeah, Chewbacca's pretty good. Oh, Lando, man. Lando's a player. I did not pick up on that as a kid. He is definitely making some moves. I mean, going with the obvious, I really like Han Solo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. But yeah. if you're going to go a little a little weirder, uh, I, I love Lobot. 
Who's Lobot? <laughs> he's, he's, Lobot? He's the guy that hangs out with Lando Calrissian and has like a computer oh, the cyborg on his head. dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy's awesome. We, we were yeah. talking about him. We're like, what's up with him? He's Lobot. He was cool. He's Lando's uh, live-in lover. <laughs> That explains a lot. <laughs> uh, so what have I been up to? I'm getting ready for this uh, comic convention this weekend. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's called Smudge. Smudge. Uh, it's a local thing uh, put on by a friend of the show, Matt Dembiski. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be tabling there with Brooke Allen, who is the artist for Lumberjanes and also my roommate. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to have a mini comic called Night of the Monsters, which was a little Halloween thing that I did. And uh, some Zodiac Star Force and, you know, some other stuff I'm going to figure stuff. out in the next couple of days. Yep. When is it? <clears throat> Saturday, Saturday, March eighth. the 8th. From what time to what time? From 12 to 6 at the Artisphere in Arlington, Virginia. And Rosalind, right? Damn, I'm going to be working <laughs> the whole <laughs> yeah, time. That's true. Oh, right. um, yeah, so that should be fun. And I've been playing a little bit of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. <laughs> nice. It's a good game. It's a good game. And uh, I watched an entire uh, Gundam series. Nice. Called Gundam Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 <laughs> War in the Pocket. Yeah. Which is uh, one of the best animes I've ever seen, actually. Wow. Uh, six episodes long. It's about... Uh, so in the Gundam, there's the Federation, and then I think they're called the Zeons, who are the bad guys. Right. And uh, this little kid just wants to be a pilot, and so he ends up following these guys who are the bad guys and asking to join their crew huh. and ends up betraying Earth, basically, <laughs> because he wants to be cool, and it's just like a story about him. Wow. Yeah. Those Speaking of video guys. games, I've been playing the uh, new Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> Is this uh, Angry Birds? Star Wars 2 or whatever. Oh, oh boy. It's pretty great. Star Wars Episode 2? Come back back full circle. Attack of the Dodo Birds. <laughs> Those games are great. Great time wasters. Yep. I've been playing Threes a lot, which is also a yeah. phone game. That's no, a good that's time good waster. Uh, yeah. I think that's about all we've been up to, right? Yeah. Is that about it? Yeah. That's good enough. That's about it. Cool. Well, let's do some news. This just a DC Comics set to drive retailers insane again. Uh, so DC announced their September event because every September they do a thing. First it was, I guess, the launch of the New 52. Then it was uh, zero, zero issues and then Villains Month. Yeah. And now... Every September. This Ready, September yeah. is the five years later event. Now, Jared, you've got the inside scoop on all this, right? Yeah, so they actually had a, a copy of uh, Superman that they showed us there. So unlike 3D covers from last year, these will be 3D, but then when you rotate it, it will just show a new image. So instead of like kind of being motion, it will show the current design of the character, and then you turn it, and it will show the character five years in the future. Oh, my God. So the Superman <laughs> one they showed was like Superman, and then in the future he's completely covered with cybernetic stuff or like half covered, and like the background's all high. Which is probably so good. Which is probably what Superman will look like in DC Comics in five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The funny thing is, they're like, uh, the, yeah, this flash forward uh, will show five years later to see what uh, might happen in the future. So it's not. Yeah, really I didn't even know that. I thought it's it was not, it's not like future. they're hinting at future storylines. It's just like this might happen. It's pro. It's definitely not. It's, it's like <laughs> all, all the comics are like back to their original number. <laughs> that would be amazing. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the worst part about it is that the three the three D covers are back, you, and we have to order them early, like really early, and then we can't change the numbers on our orders at all. That's yeah. what happened last time, except we didn't know that at first last time. Yep. So yeah, you know, so, yeah, we'll try a little baseball. harder. Yeah, <laughs> good times. Uh, yeah. yeah, sweet. And, and the and event ties into their weekly series called whatever Futures End, which sounds all right, I guess. 
sure. about Batman Beyond traveling back in time to five years in the future. Well, you know, Batman Beyond <laughs> yeah. is their most popular comic right now. So, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> they actually had pages from that, and it looked awesome. Okay, well, like, it's, it's it's bringing Batman Beyond, I guess, into the regular. It's DC. it's like. 30 years in the future, Batman Beyond comes back in time to fix whatever horrible universe has happened, but instead of coming back... I think back, he's just called Batman, right? Yeah. Or, I don't know. But whatever, he comes back... <laughs> Is it called Batman Beyond? No, I don't yeah. think so. People are like, it's Batman but Beyond! I, I think for the sake of the listeners, we should just call him Batman Beyond. Yes. yes. Why not? Uh, but that's it. We're done talking about it. Terry McGinnis. <laughs> so we'll never talk about <laughs> We're it. We're never going to talk about, about it again. Well, we will when the first issue of this comes out. Oh, yeah, we will. Yep. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll probably talk about it a lot because we'll, we'll be love like, <laughs> um, Next piece of news, uh, Scotty Young announced that he's writing and drawing an ongoing Rocket Raccoon series, which is pretty sweet. I guess uh, timed with the movie. So yeah. It's coming oh, out yeah. around the time of the movie. movie. Yeah, well, I think we 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 talked about the Guardians trailer last time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody's excited about it. I'm excited. Yep. To, I'm more excited about the second trailer to Guardians of the Galaxy than, than, uh, than you are about Captain America. Than about other <laughs> the movies. actual movie. Yeah, sort of. Although I'm really excited about Captain America. It looks pretty great. Oh, by the way, caught up on Agents of Shield. That show is good now. It's oh, good. really? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. When did that happen? Like three episodes ago, maybe? Three or four episodes, yeah. Wow. It, it gets better as it goes along a little They're bit. doing an ongoing storyline now, and um, the next one is called Agents of Shield Uprising, mm-hmm. and it's about uh, Lorelai from Thor coming to Earth and Sif coming to stop her. So Sif huh. from the movie is actually going to wow. be on the show now, which is pretty rad. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And Deathlock's on it now, which Yep. cool and uh wow. some kind of alien spoilers for last night's episode. oh yeah yeah all right uh, i think it's a cree but uh if you're not watching shield uh retroactive spoilers <laughs> so you mean, so you mean, like, uh, a scree in human as opposed to a cree a cree not a scree I mean, can they use Get it straight Jared. can they use cree isn't that sold to the ff i license? don't know is it <laughs> no i think they have i, don't I thought know. that scrolls for sure yeah I don't know about Creed. Do they have, they have scrolls? They don't have scrolls. No, they, they do. Have, FF does. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's why they I'm use at. the Chatari. Yeah. In and so, oh, boy. Yeah, that's weird. But I guess Ronan is in Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't he? Cree. Well, anyway, whatever. So uh, anyway. another piece of news. Uh, Chatari. Wonder Woman is about to. I'm about to stop <laughs> reading it because <laughs> uh, Brian Azzarello's run is coming to an end, and David Finch is taking over on Wonder Woman. And is he writing and drawing I it? Think, I think. They, they, he's drawing it, but they didn't announce the writer yet. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm 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 hoping it's going to be uh, either Scott Lobdell or Greg Hurwitz, <laughs> um, or you know maybe uh, at least Tom DeFalco. Time to move Jesus Saiz up the up the ladder a <laughs> little bit. Flat. Get him to write a book. He's an, <laughs> get him to write a book. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's good. I mean, Wonder Woman's been great, and then I'm, I'm probably going to stop reading. Yeah. Well, hopefully that you know I. As good as Wonder Woman's been, it's you know it's it's something that right. well it'll be nice for it to end. Yeah, it'll yeah, be nice. It'd be nice to know that it's this nice. is a story that he had. It's to nice run that on. they're ending on their own terms instead yeah, yeah, of like, yeah. getting fired or quitting. Or yeah, like. it's not like a Batwoman situation. Yeah, literally. So many people complaining about that. Um, next up, uh, Dan Slott is writing a Spider-Man Year One story that's going to go run parallel with Amazing Spider-Man when, it's, when it launches. So. Yeah, and supposedly uh, I, I saw Slot say basically, you know, uh, those first all all the first thirty eight issues of Spider Man or whatever are, are not changing. This will just be kind of filling in some gaps and stuff. So yeah. um, so that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And Dan Slot's good at writing Spider Man. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's it. That's it for news. That's it. Uh, for well, news. we got some uh, some, some signings coming. Some up, breaking so news. I guess that's not really news, but here's some that's signings. News. Breaking some the law. Jared. 
All right. What do we so, got? Uh, first one we announced a few days ago. Curtis J. Weeb and Rock Upchurch, the team behind Rat Queens, are going to be signing at our College Park store Sunday, Sweet. April 6th. Hey, Curtis J. Weeb and Rock Upchurch also sound like uh, like rappers from the 80s. That's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, and then, breaking news, as in this is the first time anyone's heard it, Wednesday, May 7th, we are having Sean Simon, co-writer of The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, and the amazing artist on that, Becky Cloonan, uh, will be at our Vienna store. She's also got a new book uh, collecting all her mini comics called By Chance or Providence that we will have. We'll have that. That's cool. That's awesome. And then again, at the end of May, Saturday, May 29th, Box Brown uh, will be appearing for his Andre the Giant Life and Legend yeah. at our Vienna and hopefully DC stores, the two of them together. That's the best. And I got a copy of that advance, and it's amazing. That's yeah. my secret. I have it now. News. Box Brown, he let me borrow it. Yep. <laughs> and I'm currently <laughs> waiting for Kevin to finish reading. So yep. that's three sales that you just lost. Box Brown yep. for associating with Jared at all. Or just, get, just get, you heard you, he really just gained like 40 sales from between the three of us selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to buy a copy. Yeah, I'm going to buy a copy. Are they going to do a hardcover like they did with Ooh. Battling Boy? Because I, I want one. We'll ask. We'll get a library binder. Is it first, second? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I first, didn't realize second. that. Yeah. yeah, he's blowing up this year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Taking awesome. a next level, second, third. So I can't wait. <laughs> Well, that's it for news. Yep. That's oh, it. Uh, and we will have maybe one or two more signings to announce soon. Ooh. <gasps> Mysterious. Cryptic. Yep, yep. Spoilers, Thanos. Oh, gasping. <laughs> it's Thanos? Yeah. From Avengers 3? No, my uncle from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, it's Zeno. Yeah, oh, my God. Criminal Records. <laughs> we should totally get your uncle to come and sign as Thanos. Yeah, yeah we should. You guys can get my friend's band to play, too. They're called Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I have an uncle named Thanasis. Is that close enough? That's yeah, close I mean, enough. as long as we can just call him Thanos. Yeah. 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 Or just give it to us in Greek, and we'll transliterate it. It's it's for, you, nobody knew that knows this, but Thanos is Greek. Uh, and yeah, and your uncle's the wife character? is death, right? So, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. Well, she is dead. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, that brings us right into questions. Uh, uh, this question is, Nick, is your uncle's wife dead? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Actually, nobody sent us any questions, so let's do some reviews. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lobdell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. Up first, this week, we've got The Auteur Number 1. This is published by Oni Press, written by Rick Spears, who wrote Teenagers from Mars and Repo, um, amongst other things. And art by James Callahan, who drew The Auteur. <laughs> drew The Auteur. Did, um, he, did he do anything else? I'm, uh, he probably did, but obviously I said that because I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. We're just going to we're gonna leave it open to interpretation. Nick. You liked this comic. I did. Uh, so uh, this comic is just about this. Uh, he's like a failed producer, right? A successful producer so, who well, has just failed producer who, for the first time. Who suddenly failed, has a huge, huge flop in this kind of three series, basically a He-Man type movie. Uh, it's more like if he had made Lord of the Rings and the first movie was terrible, but he'd already made two and three. It's like when the Advent Rising video game came out. <laughs> and it was oh, supposed boy. to be a trilogy. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, never it's happened. exactly like that. Uh, but then, yeah, he tries to get help from a, uh, what, do you, what would you call this guy? A, a drug a shaman. <laughs> yeah. His uh, name is Dr. Love. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, filled with these crazy dreams he keeps having about, uh, you know, Getting his eyes chopped off by Abraham He's Lincoln. on a lot of drugs. Yeah. It's kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, actually. <laughs> no, it's kind of like One Hit Wonder. Oh, no. It's nothing like that. Good Lord. That book was cool. 
Well, anyway, uh, the art's pretty cool. It still looks a little bit like Nick Patara, who does Manhattan Projects. <clears throat> yeah, and maybe a little bit like Nate Bellegarde as well, who does uh, uh, Nowhere Men. Yeah. Um, the art's pretty good. I like it a lot. Uh, story's kind of crazy. I don't know where it's going, but so far I like it. Yeah. I, I know Kevin did not like yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it wasn't bad. I just was, I wasn't into it. I think... Uh, I don't know what I expected it to be, but it was oh, really? it was just a, it was a weird it was a weird comic. It's super weird, but I really liked it. Um, it, it it's weird. These three sort of Hollywood right. super violent things all came out at once. There was the author, and then a book called One Hit Wonder, which was uh, we're not reviewing for reasons of not being good. One Hit Wonder. Oh yeah, and uh, and then another one called Revenge, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, I, they all came out at once, and maybe by the time I read this one, I didn't want to read any more things like that. All right. But the art in this one is definitely the best of those. Maybe. I don't know. Revenge has some pretty crazy <laughs> yeah. art. Actually, let's just go right in and talk about Revenge. Uh, skip, skip ahead. Yeah, yeah. Might as well. Uh, so up next, we have Revenge number one. This is written by Jonathan Taylor Thomas from... Um, uh, Home Improvement. From Pinocchio. And from uh, Men Behaving Badly. Adventures of Pinocchio. No, no. This is written by Jonathan Ross, who wrote America's Got Powers, and who uh, is the host of a talk show in England, and yeah. uh, whose wife wrote the Kick-Ass movie. He's like the Conan O'Brien of England. He is. And he's a really good talk show host, I will say that, before yeah. we do this. And the art in this is by Ian Churchill, who drew uh, the Supergirl storyline in Superman Batman, <laughs> and did some Green Lantern stuff, right? He's done a lot of stuff Fathom, over time. maybe. He drew Cable for a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, good, the good cable though uh, during uh, like Joe Kelly's run or Joe Casey's run or whichever one it was oh some of those are great the ones that are drawn by Ladrone yeah or, some of them yeah, are drawn by Ian Churchill uh, anyway so this is the first of a new miniseries and it's yeah. pretty nuts it's basically about a Sylvester Stallone-esque uh, actor right. who oh my god some of these pages who is <laughs> yep. whose career is on the decline and uh, he, but he's just had a recent movie that was kind of a hit. Yeah, and he wants basically remaking his old original hit when he was a really young actor. Yeah, called the Revenger. Yeah, which was the original name for this series, and they changed they changed it to Revenge probably because people were like, "That's a stupid name." Right, and um. Which, to its credit, it's supposed to be. Supposed stupid. to be, yeah, yeah. It's like a terrible B movie. So he he decides he wants to look younger, and his wife tells him about this guy down his in Mexico. Wife, floozy, girlfriend. I think it's his wife, floozy. I, I think, think it's his current think, wife. I don't think they're I heard the word floozy in a while. Um, yeah. Oh my god! page. All right. So basically, yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're cracking up because we're flipping through yeah, it, and but the art is. No, I wouldn't say gratuitous because that's kind of the point. But no, it's, it's definitely it's gratuitous. Definitely gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but she tells him about this a doctor down in Mexico who can work miracles, basically. And then um, I, I kind of want to just give away what happens here. It's kind of the setup. Yeah. yeah. So, but basically, she just wants to torture and kill him because she hates him because he killed his, her mom. Yeah. Basically, basically, he caused her mom, her family to collapse. Basically, because he he, was he seduced with and messed with. Her, her mom when she was a little kid and this is like she's grown up and she's like i'm finally here for revenge but the twist on it is that they're going to use all these crazy plastic surgery and like awful like hack and slash uh surgical methods to basically get one of her friends to wear his face like a mask and then steal his fingerprints and go back and pretend to be him to like steal all of his money yeah and then torture and kill him it's great it's crazy yeah and so, so they're showing all this in awful bloody gory gratuitous yeah and ups. It, and it's so the the saving grace of this it's it's a really 
stupid comedy. Yeah, it's pretty stupid, but it's great. But it's kind of it's really fun because I think it is aware of what it is. Yeah, like it it doesn't think it's yeah. something different than what yeah. it is. And um and I think one thing Jonathan Ross actually does do well in this is he sets he he has a few scenes that set up um this guy. I hate it when we don't know people's names in these comics. What is this guy's the name? Revenger? The Revenger. Yeah, the Revenger. <laughs> uh, but basically sets sets him up uh, in a few scenes to show that he's like not Griffin really... Griffin Franks. Griffin Franks. To show that he's not really a bad person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like he has an interesting and kind of good re- relationship with his daughter. And he's and, gone through a lot of wives and stuff, so you can see like flashbacks to him like trying and failing as both a dad and a husband and... Yeah, but... So trying, by, to, trying to be better, though. And lots of gratuitous sex and violence. So <laughs> by the yeah. end of this, basically what we're looking at is a Frankenstein-inspired revenge story. Yeah, he's got no face now. Yep. Um, and, and he's going to go kill everybody. And he's going to go kill everybody. Hope so. And he's going to get revenge because he's the revenger. Yeah. It's real silly. It's real silly. Yeah. I like Jonathan but Ross, it's... though. I loved the uh, turf, and I liked uh, America's Got Powers. It was both good. Yeah, I yeah. thought those were both okay. And so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I thought turf was a little wordy, and America's Got Powers didn't quite end as well as it started. But, you know. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this is uh, not safe for work or children <laughs> or anybody or, or the weak, <laughs> the weak will. Just flip um, into the second page. And if you are yeah. not on board for that, then yeah. that's, uh, if that's you go, uh, put it, put it down. And you could away. say the same thing for the author. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's on the cover. Yeah, and like the revenge second... looks like a Punisher thing to you open it. You're like, oh, what have I just looked at? Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, what what kind of world do we live in where a guy holding an Uzi covered in blood wearing a gas mask makes us think that this is going to be an okay comic for everybody? <laughs> yeah, right. Um. <laughs> anyway, so that's revenge number one. Up next, we've got uh, Fantastic Four number one. This is written by James Robinson, who uh, yeah. writes currently Saviors. Also co-wrote a bunch of uh, JSA with Jeff Johns. Wrote Starman, um, some Superman stuff. We know who James Robinson is. Yeah. And the art in this is by Leonard Kirk, who's drawn various things, but there's nothing that really sticks out in particular to me. Yeah, probably for a reason. Yeah, but he's drawn a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's he's not bad. And actually, uh, this is some of the best art I've seen from him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a new Fantastic Four book. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a little more. It's got a little cool twist in the beginning. Um, it's it skips ahead a bit at the beginning, and it's like all these terrible things are going to happen. Everybody, uh, the thing is in jail for murder. Uh, Mister Fantastic is gone insane. Johnny yep. Storm is an alcoholic, and basically, it's all like Rich, Reed Richards' fault. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like here's how this happened. It starts with them fighting Fing Fang Foom, which is pretty fun. Um. Yeah, that's about it. It's, it's you know, it's a fantastic four book. It's a, it's a little different. It's got a little bit of its own feel to it. Um, you know, uh, they got red costumes. <laughs> yeah, which I really don't like. Which is a weird thing. I like them. I think I like the red costumes. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I don't know. It's like, hey, you know this iconic team that is identified by one thing. Yep. Let's change the Let's color. Change the color. Yeah, Superman blue. No, they had them all in white costumes in Hickman's run. Uh, that was a the, the Future Foundation. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's not like the best. Fantastic Four. Yep, but it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. For, for me, coming off of the Matt Fraction run, particularly on FF, yeah, um, I, I was a little disappointed by it. Yeah, yep. Um, but you know, everybody says that I hate all this stuff. It's true. Do they? I, some people do. No, uh, up okay. next, we've got Magento number one. <laughs> Magento. <laughs> That's how it's written on here. Uh, this is Magneto you number one. Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is written by Colin Bunn, who uh, writes Six Gun and wrote some Wolverine. He wrote uh, that uh, Frankenstein Viking thing. I believe it's pronounced Magneto. Uh, what, what is that Frankenstein Viking thing? 
Frank Franking King. What? Helheim? Helheim. Oh, Helheim. oh wow. Okay. He wrote that as well. Like, what? And uh, the art in this is by uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta, who I'm not familiar with. He but did some astonishing X Men really recently. good. Yeah, oh, did he? Yeah, his art's really good. Um, yeah, and this this is cool. I I thought this was interesting because it was uh, kind of reminded me at the beginning of the last X Men movie we see like Magneto as kind of like this like Nazi hunter guy. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this is taking that concept and moving it into the realm of like, he's hunting people that are harming mutants. Right. Yeah. And kind of trying to get to the bottom of this conspiracy. So it, it's mostly Magneto in a hotel room, yeah. kind of yep. true detective style, putting together a bunch of clues yeah. and trying to figure out what's going on. And, uh, it leads him to, uh, this guy in jail. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I I don't want to say who this guy ends up being, but yeah, uh, basically a person who's killed at least three mutants, but then has turned himself in. So unlike his normal like villains or you know murderers, he's like or whoever he's trying to track down who are always on the run or hiding themselves. He's kind of curious as to why this guy is like broken the mold. Um, and then there's a crazy twist. There's a crazy part where he's uh well in the beginning he's talking about how um. He can go out in public because nobody really recognizes him yeah, without he's the helmet. Just wearing his his normal clothes, <laughs> and then uh, he busts into a place, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, who is this guy?" And then he gets all the metal in the place and forms the helmet, and they're like, "Magneto!" They're like, yeah. "It's it's Magneto!" And then it's all it's in the logo, which is really funny yeah, to me yeah. for some reason. Uh, yeah, and then he's uh, breaking some guy out of prison. But yeah, well, I just breaking thought was, in the prison to kind of kill him. Yeah, I right. just thought it was like really well done. It I was, thought it was great, an interesting thing to do with Magneto, who I believe has had his own series before. Yeah, yeah. a couple but, of short ones. But I just thought that this was like, like they've been doing with a lot of characters, a way to tell a story about one of their characters without having to involve everything else in the right. entire universe. Right. And uh, I was interested enough. Uh, the the guy he comes in contact with at the end is pretty creepy, which yeah. I thought was pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, I just I thought it was a good book. Yeah, and the art on this I really liked, um, like, the scene where he forms the helmet. But there's a two-page uh, section where he's walking through a building and just, like, everything that is metallic is then popped out in, like, a zoomed-in little blue box. So you just kind of see, like how the world would be for him where he's aware of all the metallic objects around him, like his influence on them. And just, I think they did a really good job of kind of putting it in his perspective and seeing how things are looking for him and stuff. And, uh, there's like a scene where he's like bending bars and just like, there's all these sound effects and just like the look of it. It it is great. It's really, it's very cool. Magneto. And, uh, when they show his first sort of victim of his new, uh, crusade is that's a crazy scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's definitely, uh, He's definitely serious about his job. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but a good book. A good Magneto book. Yeah. All right, up next we have New Warriors, number one. This is written by Christopher Yost, uh, who was writing uh, Scarlet Spider, which this is kind of a spinoff of, I'd say, or a A continuation of Spider and teaming up some other folks. Yeah, and art by Marcus Toe, who was not drawing Scarlet Spider, but has drawn a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this was fun because it was kind of just a straightforward superhero comic yeah 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 um it's like about a new team of new warriors uh a couple of the old guys like nova well this is a new nova i guess but uh speedball is back he's not penance anymore and justice and justice uh and it's kind of about them wanting to put back together the new warriors but having to deal still with the repercussions of civil war right where they you know were involved in blowing up a bunch of people a long time ago and uh yeah, I just thought it was a lighthearted kind of fun 
superhero book. And, and it's interesting because it's not like a number one where it's like forming the team. All the teammates are kind of in different situations, and like I guess eventually they're going to come together. It's but kind it's, of forming a team. It's like, oh hey, nice to meet you. Sort but it's not like nobody person. meets each other except for the main guys. Like, yeah, uh, two people meet two other people and they're hanging out. That's kind of formative. But it's not like somebody going around like I need that's, to find all these true. people for the team. They, they're more introducing characters that will probably form a team. Yeah, yeah. and most of them are in different places. And um, yeah. you know, uh, I thought Yost did a good job on Scarlet Spider. He made him into a fun character, and that carries over into this. And yeah, I felt like one thing was everybody had really defined personalities. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, which is hard to do when you're working with a ensemble cast of mostly unknown characters or right. unknown versions of these characters you know so um yeah i thought it was fun yeah nothing yeah, like like, like earth shattering no yeah just for me good. i was kind of like i just didn't i don't know i wasn't into it very much it's a good like straightforward superhero book yeah maybe that's yeah. what it was which it. is maybe I'm, if you're not looking yeah i'm for kind that. of like done on that in a lot of ways for so. me it's uh i'm not seeing a lot of those that's recently. that might be it yeah that's so true. so i kind of enjoyed it um speaking of a not straightforward superhero book up next we have Moon Knight number one. Oh yeah. This is written by Warren Ellis, who wrote uh Scars. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh Ruins. Uh oh maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Ruins. He, he wrote Scars too. Okay. What was that Crusade book? Uh, oh Infinity Crusade, Crusade? Book? <laughs> yeah. by Warren Ellis. Yeah. Uh no, Warren Ellis, of course, wrote Planetary. Yep. And Transmetropolitan. Mm-hmm. Uh he's done a lot of stuff. And uh, art by Declan Shalvey, who uh uh, the most he he was drawing uh, Venom for a while recently and Deadpool recently. Yep, and uh, he's a really good artist. He's great. Yeah, he's great. And uh, Moon Knight number one was really good. Yeah, so good. So uh, yeah, this follows up a little bit on the events of uh, the last Moon Knight series. Just kind of basically, it's like uh, he was in L.A. for a while, and now he's back in uh, New York. Um, and he thought he was Wolverine. He was talking to Wolverine, Spider Man, and Captain America. And he's always had kind of like uh, these split personalities. And they go a little bit of a ways to try to explain why he has these personalities. And it's tied to like how he became Moon Knight. Yeah, the powers. We met the Egyptian god, is it Khonshu? Khonshu. And uh, he's he's basically the four aspects of Khonshu. And uh, it's It's uh, the typical Ellis, like kind of like side teching up a story to make it a little more. uh, He has a new costume in this. He's not wearing the cape and the the hood. He's kind of just in a white, completely white suit and shoes and a white Moon Knight mask. And I like this new design for his costume because it kind of sets him apart from Batman a little bit because I think he's always been kind of... Yeah. Like Marvel's crazy Batman. <clears throat> yeah, he's a bit like Marvel's crazy Batman who gets made fun of for wearing white at night. Right. And in, the, in this, they kind of talk about, like, why does he wear white? He's like, because he wants them to see him coming. Which I thought was cool. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in this, he's, uh, he's working with the police and kind of uh, trying to solve... Uh, some mysteries. And I think that's what this is going to be about, I guess. Just him him and the t- detectives solving various mysteries. Um, and this one leads him to the sewers and he... He finds a really grotesque a villain, I guess. Yeah, I thought yeah. the villain they found was cool. And I, I like this idea of him being more of like a detective. Yeah, they definitely yeah. actually work through a case, which I thought was... You don't see it. It's it's hard to write, you know, good detecting, uh, which is why Batman doesn't do it much anymore. Uh, so I just thought it was really cool to see him kind of work through all the clues and how to figure out who this guy was and what he was up to. Yeah, but I thought the combo of the writing, which was really solid, and the art, uh, which was uh, a little bit different than Shelby's usual stuff, like a little bit darker, but I thought he did a really good job with it. Um, and yeah. yeah, I like that uh, everything has kind of this um, kind of painterly look to it, except for when Moon Knight is around. 
Like everything else is more shaded and stuff, but he's just very stark, just like white, black and white. Like there's no shading or anything, which is cool. It's a, it's a cool visual visual thing. Yeah, it's another new uh, single character focused Marvel yep. book that has uh, a distinct art and writing style, which <laughs> is something that has been very welcome recently with Hawkeye yeah. and She-Hulk yeah. and Miss Marvel and Magneto and this Moon Knight book. I'm pretty yeah. happy about it. The last page of this, I will say, was insane. I was not sure what was happening, but it was really crazy. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think it set a mood more than anything yep. yeah. and it was pretty cool. It's great. All right. Up next, we've got... Uh, speaking of white suits, we have white suits number one. Uh, this is written by Frank J. Barbier, who, uh, has been writing five ghosts and the art is by Toby Cypress, who's done quite a few things, but, uh, one of my favorites, Rod Racer. And he also drew, uh, what was that? Uh, Blue Estate. Yep. That was a great comic. (laughs) I pulled that one out of my butt. (laughs) But, uh, I... I thought White Suits was fun. It's kind of about a group of vigilantes. Uh, Yeah, it starts off with a guy who, like many people, has lost his memory or parts of it and is a former tough guy, he thinks. And he's being tracked by someone. And basically, he gets mixed up in a gang war where all the various different cliques and types of gangs all in this area are starting to be exterminated by a group of five mysterious people in White Suits, which is also part of his uh, memories that he can barely, you know, he doesn't know who they were, but he definitely remembers they were part of his past and that there were a lot of people getting shot in the head. And, you know, there's flashbacks to the Soviet Union and him in a military uniform and all kinds of clues. Um, but, yeah, but it's basically a crime story, uh, kind of action crime story. And it's kind of hinting they're going to find out who he is. And uh, there's a lot of uber violence in the middle when the white suits show up and start taking out the crime groups. Yeah, it was sort of straightforward. Yep, but, but uh, kind of confusing too in a weird way. Uh, yeah, I, 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 found, I found it kind of hard to follow. It made points. a lot more sense. I read it the second time through, and I'm like, all right, I'm starting to get this now. Do you think maybe that was a little bit due to Toby Cypress's art, which the is art very is crazy? It's but yeah, it's super energetic, yeah. uh, especially in action scenes. I think it works really well. Yeah, yeah there's like a scene at a, a strip club where like the sound is literally the words "Daft Punk" with like shaking arrows <laughs> around it and going "wook wook." It's amazing. And it's all black and white with red accents. Or red's pretty much the only shade of color they only use, and it works. But it's also kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly just thought it was okay. <laughs> I, I'm a big yeah. Toby Cypress fan, so I think I got a little more into it. I did love the art. Yeah, I'll be curious to see where it goes and right. how the story builds. Uh, they set up some interesting stuff, but in, in a lot of ways, it is a, a pretty basic story. Yeah, and it's also another four issues miniseries, so we'll yeah. see. So we'll see. All right, up next, we have Vandroid number one. <laughs> this is written by Tommy Lee Edwards, who is the drummer for Molly Crew. And uh, now, does Tommy Lee Edwards write stuff usually? I don't so does he yeah make? usually he draws he drew turf he drew yeah, he draws stuff marvel 1985 which is one so of the good. most underrated graphic novel miniseries of all time uh <clears throat> and the art in this is by dan mccade right so who's noah smith is he the co-writer no dan mccade co-wrote wait wait no noah smith co-wrote and dan mccade drew there you go and then okay yeah and uh this is about uh androids that kill people uh, or nick, one android that kills people nick should tell us about the movie that you really wanted to see <laughs> yeah so they did the, they did an interesting marketing thing with this comic wait they said it was like uh this movie that was that was produced in the 80s uh in like uh the studio that was gonna those started making it the their whole studio burned down and all the film burnt and so it never got released and there's a soundtrack to it um and they there's a trailer that they put up online yeah and uh yeah kind of playing off um 
the what what was the Oh, what is that movie? That awesome movie that just came out on like videotape that was lost in the eighties. Oh yeah, oh, man. Right. Uh, Miami Connection. Yeah, like All Miami right. Connection. Yeah, which is a great movie. But uh, so good. <clears throat> yeah, but the, so the basic story of this is about people that are creating like an artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. It was. It's such a weird book. I, I was. It starts with one group of people and then kind of moves to another group of people. Yeah. It's well. First, it starts with these little kids kind of going to meet this. Uh, I guess. Uh, star of uh night runner which is basically like night rider uh so they're going to meet david hasselhoff and they find this kind of <laughs> uh old uh what is he he's weird he's like uh he's he's one of the people that worked on the show but he's he's a mechanic and he's down on his luck and he's an alcoholic <laughs> and then uh Cuts to like these guys making an artificial intelligence. The intelligence goes haywire and kills a bunch of people. Um, and uh, this mechanic guy steals it and builds a builds an android to uh, get revenge, I guess. But he he his own brain gets melded into it or something. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's really insane. Uh, it's, it's very it, the style of the '80s kind of B movie sci-fi thing is really captured well. Yeah, it takes a lot of influence, like from the original RoboCop yep. and like from like a lot of those yeah. like <clears throat> any movie with cop in the title from the '80s, like yeah. Cyborg Cop, Time Cop, right. Samurai Cop, yeah. uh, Gladiator Cop, Gladiator Cop. <laughs> um, but, another lost '80s classic. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, it's, it's not fantastic, but I like the art a lot. It's uh. Uh, not a lot happens in the first issue, yeah. I will say. Yeah. But uh, I'll be curious to see where it goes. It's five issues long. Yeah, so. and I want to listen to the soundtrack because you can actually, they actually posted a soundtrack. Oh, I bet it's good. Uh, <laughs> it's like a synth soundtrack. Too. <clears throat> that sounds awesome to me. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have, what do we have next? We've got Starlight number one. This is written by Mark Miller and uh, art by Gorn, or Mark Miller wrote Kick-Ass. Um, <laughs> then he sends his questions sometimes. Art by <laughs> Gorn Parlov, who drew... Uh, a lot of Punisher, Punisher Max, and, and some Why the Last Man, yeah, and Fury. Was he the original artist on Why the Last Man? Just for like at the beginning, right? I don't think so. No, no. Did he not draw Why the Last Man? He might have been like a villain guy. Maybe he did no. covers for it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, he did that Fury miniseries recently. Oh yeah, the recent one. Yeah. So uh, Starlight was cool. Basically, uh, I the the boiled down premise that I was telling everybody today is: uh, imagine if John Carter of Mars had to come back to Earth and then just live out his life as a regular dude. See, I, I, went, with, I went with Flash Gordon. Gordon. Okay, yeah, I think they're both applicable. Yeah, but yeah. nobody knows who John Carter is or they think it's a terrible movie. What? Everybody loves that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so you could also say Flash Gordon, but basically it's about this old guy who had adventures on another world and now half the people don't believe him. In oh, half the, almost everybody yeah. doesn't believe him. And uh, it's kind of about uh, his family. Yeah. Uh, he's really old now. This yeah. is like years later. Yeah, I think he's in his... You know, he's like in his eighties or, or something, 70s, but he yeah. looks okay, yeah. but because he's like you know a, a awesome dude or whatever. <laughs> and so his wife died. Yeah. Uh, his wife, who he met on another planet, I guess, and brought no. back with him. No, no, she he met her on Earth. Oh, okay. He, 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 let, he, he left the other planet because for of her. her. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's it's and uh, the core of this first issue takes place like a year after her death, basically. Yeah. And he's trying to get all of his kids to come and just have dinner with him. Yeah. And they're all ignoring him. Yeah. And, uh, and everybody thinks he's kind of crazy. 
Yeah. And mixed in with that are some like flashbacks to his adventures on the other planet. And it's, you know, it's Mark Miller doing what Mark Miller does, but I thought in a better way than he yeah, does a lot of the time. I've ever seen him do. Uh, because I think instead of saying like, oh, here's this genre thing and we're going to twist it and make it into this violent thing where everybody's a terrible person, which is what he right. often does, uh, like Nemesis or right. uh, Kick-Ass. I think what he does, does in this and he's like, let's take this genre thing and sort of ground it in reality and, uh, right. you know, put a little bit of emotion into it, which is, I think, something he did well in Superior. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it just works. Yeah, and so good. the art is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Parlov's doing uh, a little bit different than what he usually does, I think. He has two different styles in this. Like, the real Earth style is more kind of uh, detailed, and uh, the, the, the space stuff is, like, super... It's, like, very flat. Like, not the flat. space like, stuff looks flatly like... Flatly mo- colored. Like Mobius. It looks like Mobius. Yeah. yeah. And, and the color colored. And I swear the color palette from this is just, like, he opened up a scanned page from Inkall. Just copied it. And, like, used the colors, yeah. which is fine with me because it looks no, awesome. No, it's like he used the color palette from, like, Airtight Garage or something. Yeah. It's and then, awesome. And then the other stuff is more kind of... Yeah, and the realistic reason looking. probably the reason that color palette looks like that is because it looks like it's all. Uh, uh, this is really nerdy, but it looks like it's all twenty five, fifty, seventy five percent CMYK stuff, which is like <laughs> kind of those bright, like separated colors. Yeah, like the yeah. older colors they use in older comics, which yeah. is is which uh, fits what they're trying to yep. look, look. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just really well done, super good, and uh, just a cool first issue. Yeah, great. I loved yeah. it. I, it's one of the best things I've seen from Mark it's Miller. so good. Maybe ever? Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I know it's just a first issue, but, uh, but man, yeah, the, highly recommend The setup with the flashbacks and like it just it tied it all together. It's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Read it. <clears throat> Alright, we just got a couple graphic novels left. I thought I would save these. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. no, we got another book too. We got Veil, number one. This is written by Greg Rucka who wrote Wolverine <laughs> and <laughs> and also um, uh, some other stuff. Writing a Cyclops White, miniseries. Didn't he write Whiteout? Right did. And uh, Queen and Country. Yep. And Lazarus is, and is currently. Lazarus is. Gotham Central. And, oh yeah, he did write that parts of it. Part of it. Uh, daytime or nighttime? I don't remember. I think he wrote the daytime stuff. And uh, the art in this is. Awesome. By, yeah, it is really awesome. It's by Tony Vejula. But uh, Tony I Fajula. Uh, Tony Fajul. <laughs> uh, I but I don't know this artist, but this art is really really good. If I was to describe it, oh I boy. wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know. It's it's, cool. it's it's got a very painted style. Uh, I would say very influenced by like um, uh, there's like a lot of hard shadows. I probably influenced by like. Uh, this I'm gonna get pretty deep here, but like German expressionist stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah. like linole and like linoleum cuts, stuff like um, you know Egon Schiele and uh, Gustav Klimt, I would say is probably a, kind of a heavy influence on this. Take that other podcast, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it just uh, the art style is really interesting. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Peter Cooper put out a couple graphic novels where he did linoleum cut stuff, and it reminds me of that a little bit. Um, yeah, but it's got a really interesting color palette as well. But the story. It's is also really good. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so this girl, uh, this girl wakes up in the subway tunnels, surrounded by rats, mm-hmm. naked, naked. Uh, she comes to the surface, also naked, and immediately in a really bad part of town. Yeah, is immediately harassed by some uh, terrible people. Uh, the subway she comes up with just says "subway" on it, so that's not very good if you're trying to get around. <laughs> yeah, but it also looks abandoned. It does. And uh, the place she comes up is basically the red light district. Yeah. And uh, so these guys are harassing her, saying basically, you know, usually the girls don't get naked once they're outside of the club and stuff, and they're trying to 
get her to go with them and she's she's really out of sorts like she's anything anybody says she's repeating back and rhyming but yeah she's slowly starting to function better but it's all just she finds a word and repeats rhymes of it until someone else throws another word at her and she works with that so these guys are harassing her and this 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 uh this other guy comes and is like you know leave her alone and and she goes with him and he tries to help her out because there's some clothes and stuff and uh yeah, but and then the original group of thugs returns and uh she mind controls them. Yep. And makes them do violence to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I it's like uh, it's very it, it, I don't know what's what this is going to be about, which is kind of interesting like uh it just kind of throws you into this weird situation and you have no idea where it's going it's like this girl's controlling people's minds all of a sudden and she's rhyming and it's weird because when i describe it when i'm listening to myself describe it it sounds like a crappy top cow book (laughs) uh it's like you know like a naked woman and like she's like my control but it's it's like that's not what it is it's really well done um yeah and they had a little thing in the back saying how they wanted this to not be like a lascivious book that like they wanted to show that there's this vulnerable, vulnerable woman who yet was able to handle herself in these situations, and yeah, and I thought they mysteries. handled that well, and I thought it, I thought it was well done, and yeah, it definitely uh, at the end it leaves you wanting to know what is going to happen, which yeah. is what a comic book should do. That's yep, true. yeah. Uh, all right, we got two more things this week: a couple of graphic novels, a couple of amazing great graphic, graphic novels. novels. Yeah, great graphic novels. Up first is Beautiful Darkness. Uh, so. Let me get this right. So this is written by Marie Pomapui and it's based on a story by her. Okay, and, and then, then well, adapted based on her, by, and then co-written with Fabian, Fabian Velman, and the yeah. art is by Carascoet, who are also a team of two people. Is it? Yeah. Oh, uh, I believe so. I hope that's right. But uh, uh. Uh, the other people I don't know, Carascoet though, were the artists on um, Miss Don't Touch Me. Which mm-hmm. is great. Oh, yep. that's one thing I learned from the uh, conference I went to, that they're going to put Miss Don't Touch Me into a single volume. That's great, because it is, is one best. big story with a yep. kind of sad ending. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Beautiful Darkness is, oh, boy. It is basically, Oof. I would say, the like the borrowers or the littles. It's about it's some, like a really messed up version of that. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's about <laughs> very small people who... Uh, uh, live inside of a girl, a dead girl, who I believe no. is. Uh, I believe they've been living inside her, and she was alive. Yeah, it's kind of like the way I looked at it. It was all the elements of a girl's personality. This young girl, because eventually you discover there's kind of the adventuresome type. There's the romantic type. There's the heroic type. There's the cowardly type. There's the monstrous type. It's all like fragments of a personality, but. The horrible opening scene is that this girl dies alone in the woods. Yeah, and and they live inside of her, and so her body is collapsing. And and all these little fragment fairy creatures escape. Yeah, and so they basically they need a place to live or or shelter. Yep. And uh, they all try to work together. Well, that's not true. No. But some of them (laughs) think that they should all work together. Uh, Basically, it follows the main girl, Aurora, who, um, you know... Is seems to be the best of the bunch. I'd say she's kind of the main personality because she finds that notebook with her name on it. So I think right. that was the girl's name. Um, and she uh, has to deal with all these other crazy things. You know, these, I guess, what... what they're all kind of like little fairies, sort of. Uh, yeah. And they're all small. They're like, you know, a couple inches to maybe like six or seven inches at most. And they're in the woods. So there's also like the dangers of just like the environment and like freezing and needing to find food and animals might attack them or eat them. And it's just, and, but it, it's also like, they're also de- like they are completely detached with 
from what is happening to them. So they don't really have any experience living outside of someone's body or mind or whatever. So a lot of, they just don't know what to do and they just keep getting into worse and worse situations and dying. And they have no morality or anything. They're just kind of crazy. Like, so how metaphorical do you think all of this is? Probably all of it. Like, is there an actual dead girl in this? Yeah. Or is it about, I'm going to get really like, like, or is it sort of about like the death of like, childhood and trying to emerge as like a new person and dealing with all these different kinds of aspects of personality and it's a it's a weird book you yeah guys. um that's a good question i'd i'd say it's real there's there's that kind of flashback scene in the middle where it's the girl when she's alive so maybe but to but, me it seems more like this is really happened and it's just kind of but it, but it, but it is also a metaphor for these other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Aurora is the main girl. She, she, she sort of has the most level head of the group. Kind of one of the best spirits and one of the kindest yeah. features of everybody. And, and there are some other characters, some who are very terrible, kind of mean girls who make everybody call them princess. And there's sort of a battle for power. And there's one girl that's just completely insane. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, it's it turns into almost like a like an Alice in Wonderland type adventure, but with all the other like a revenge thing in it. Yeah, um, yeah, they they all start to interact worse and worse as time goes on, and more and more of them are hurt or mutated or killed. And Aurora, or like the main one, keeps getting more and more broken down. Like, yeah, everything goes terribly wrong for her all the time, and and she kind of snaps at yeah. one point. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting book. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's definitely something that needs to be read to really get what it is because it's yeah. really hard to explain. But uh, the art is beautiful. It's the art fantastic. is amazing. Uh, it, there's the one scene like with the the mouse cape, like that one panel, just like that summed up the whole book. It's it's astounding. Yeah, it's uh, it's Karasquet have a style I'd say similar to like Johan Svar, but in uh, yeah. but um, that's just like in their line. It's it's uh, it's simple but really elegant like that right. and uh but it's it's all done with watercolor and uh ink washes and that all looks great and then it, the the characters these little sort of borrower people are very cartoony and then you get to sort of real world stuff and that's all beautifully rendered yeah. and very realistic and uh the two styles work really well together i think yeah definitely. and the whole book ends up being uh just beautiful yeah uh, i think beautiful darkness is a really good title for this book yeah. because it is uh it's cute in a lot of ways in a lot of really weird ways and but also at the same time it's one of the most disturbing comics i think i've ever read it's yeah. really dark yeah. Yeah. yeah uh it's uh it's really interesting and uh i highly recommend it probably gonna end up in our best of the year yep. list uh, highest, highest recommendation yep uh all right we got one one more thing this week also i'm gonna spoil it say highest recommendation uh this is basewood yeah. this is uh by alec longstrith uh mm-hmm. who does phase seven comics also the publisher of drop target which is my favorite pinball scene <laughs> um so he went through Kickstarter and did this. Oh, really? I think All so. Right, I mean, it says it's published by Phase Seven. Yeah, I believe it I think was he also Kickstarter distri- in it. Yeah, I think it was distributed by Ad House. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, I've been talking a lot. Basewood. <laughs> yeah. So he originally did this as a set of mini comics, um, and it's basically another semi-fantastic world uh, where you have you know monsters and. Um, Guys are doing weird stuff in the background. Okay, uh, so but basically, a guy wakes up in the middle of the woods uh, with no memory, horribly hurt, 
and just kind of wanders out with, he finds a dog and they start wandering through the woods to figure out what's going on. And they come out into the plains where they're immediately attacked by a monster and they are saved, basically a dragon. And they're saved by an old man who says, you have to stay in the woods. It's the only safe place. And as far as you can tell, those are the only people around. So it's kind of like an exploring this world and discovering who is this old man? Where did this monster come from? And it, it just slowly builds a world out as he tries to discover his back history. And the old man tells him the tales of how he got there. And, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. And uh, yeah. it's really cool. Uh, I, I like how it's um, the pacing of it is just perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's like there's entire, lots of scenes of like them scenes just in like the woods. Yeah, there's scenes of him just like storm um, and, you know, digging up plants to make rope. Um, that was some of my favorites because just you have like a that. lot of like dialogue setting it up. And then they're like kind of like it's almost a montage of scenes where they're talking and, you know, getting to know each other and doing all this stuff. But all the balloons are half off the panel and empty so it just shows that it's less important than what they're saying than like the experiences there and like growing close to each other and yeah those are in the other. sort of montage you see yeah the time it's, is it's amazing <clears throat> um yeah so they do a really good job uh setting up this world i think which is a really yeah. interesting world and it's not over explained i don't think which yeah. is, which it's, is it's, cool. a, it's a very simple kind of feudal medieval thing but you there's still enough mystery you're not quite sure what the the rules are of right how this world works and um and but I think focusing on the relationship first between the main character, who I do know his name actually, but I don't want to say because it it's like oh yeah, so he he literally wakes up with he doesn't, doesn't know, know his name when is. it starts, yeah. and but uh, and he uh, this old man that he meets up and kind of their relationship that starts, yeah. and then another character that comes in that is really important as well, um, and. I don't know. The The main thing that struck me about this is uh, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I would get to a few, there were like three different parts in it where yeah. I was like, oh, I'm like probably going to cry reading this comic. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was just really well written. And I think Alec Longstreet, his pacing is so good that you yeah. get, you get to these emotional beats and everything has just been built up so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just works really, really well. Yep. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's got action and that's really well done too. Yeah. And it's really engaging. It's yeah. just like you're constantly, like I read it all really quickly cause I was just like, I want to see what's happening next and next. And like, it was so, I don't know. It's captivating. And yeah. even with his relatively simple art style, you can really linger on some of the panels. Like I mentioned the snowstorm part. Yeah. That's amazing. Where incredible. He just like starts doing more and more white dots kind of covering up his art. And yet it, it works perfectly. And his design is also very simple, but it really brings the woods and the, the cliff where the monster lives and the plane. It just, it all works great. Yeah, like he doesn't get too fancy. Like it's all you know, squarish panels, and yep, all right. of it, all of his staging is is pretty basic and stuff. Right. And but it just it just works. It just works. I don't know. It's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, I think that and Beautiful Darkness. You know, we read a lot of good stuff on here, but yep. those are two books that I will go back to and read again. Yep. Which I don't. There's so much to read. I don't usually do that, but That's I true. will do that with both of these books. Yeah. yeah. Both incredible. Both incredible. Both uh, probably going to be in our best of the year talks. For yep. sure. Which uh, you know, only uh, nine months start away prepping for. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's it for this week. Yeah. A lot of comics. A lot of good comics. Lot of comics. Yep. Yeah. We'll be back next week, uh, and there won't be as much cool stuff because it'll only be a week, and then uh, <laughs> we'll get to talk about some mid-level Dark Horse miniseries. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it, you guys. Uh, right. See you later. See you. Bye.